with another standalone look at the most recent OTT National Stadium show. It was Scrapper Mania 4. This was also National Stadium show number four. Um, uh, so, so obviously some some lessons have been learned. I think some some uh, changes have happened over the course of those four shows. We're going to talk about it. We're going to run down the card here, and also I will uh, run through the contender show from the following day, which was a lot of fun. So uh, we'll talk about that in a second. It is, of course, it's just myself and Paul here. Hello. Uh, uh, so, uh, but, yes, hello, Paul, and I'm on Barry. Hello. Uh, no, no, Joe Towner. Obviously, he has shagged off. And to be honest, that's great because we're going to talk some Irish wrestling. And we don't need a Brit here disrespecting us. All right. So, Paul. Sure. Yeah. First of all. Go on. Uh, general thoughts on Scrapper Mania 4. What did you make of it? Um, a very good show, of course. I think I had gotten my head, like, super high expectations. Which maybe yes. were not met, you know, perfectly. But, you know, I, I, I had said the week before that every match on this show had the potential to be good to great. And I think every match was good to great. I mean, I think every single match without fail was at the least good. Um, so I think, yeah, I would fall somewhere in a kind of 7 to 8 out of 10 range. Um, I think there were two matches that were kind of standout as being like the two best matches. Um, mm. Some of the matches felt a little like like a greatest hits tour as opposed to being what I had pictured in my head talking specifically yes. about the Japanese matches um, mm. but yeah it was, it was it was a good show um, definitely worth the money and definitely uh, an experience to say that I had seen some of these people live and like I said some, some really terrific matches as well production was stepped up uh, stage looked great which I, I mean we'll get to all the specifics but um, yeah a very good show yeah, um, so my I really had just like, I think I just had the one negative, and it, it wasn't even really a negative. I, I thought this show was pretty great overall. Um, I would think, I think it probably might be the best stadium show so far. Um, certainly the most consistent. Yeah. Um, and and, and uh, certainly the most tightly produced. My, my sort of sole negative was what you mentioned. I like the Suzuki match a lot. We'll talk about that in a bit. Specifically, the Ishii match is the one that kind of came off of like, this is just a fine match in the middle of the show. Um, and I think you kind of had to expect that, but it was easy to kind of get swept away with the idea of, oh my God, I'm seeing Tomohiro Ishii and, and, and Jeff Cobb. Um, but they, you said greatest hits. That was pretty much the, that was pretty much it. They, he, he, they did all the spots. Jeff Cobb, yeah. Jeff Cobb's a guy who I like, but I don't feel like I'm consistently like wowed by him. Sure. Uh, I think in OTT specifically, I mean, like the Ryan Smile match was just kind of eh. It was very was short. Good. The Ryan Smile matches on. It, it was short. The uh, the British Strong Style Six Man was pretty good, uh, and then like weirdly enough, the Belfast match at Ricochet was like awesome. Yeah. Uh, they put that up on on for free. You know, he, he's a guy. He he has his great matches. And then he has some matches where you're, where you're just like, ah, oh, it's right. He's never bad, but he he's not always blow away. So that match that match was like solid, and uh, uh, and that was pretty much just it. Um, I know you, you mentioned on the on the preview when we talked about this last week that you didn't know much about Ishii. You were kind of a bit familiar with uh, Suzuki. Yeah. Ishii's a guy who like has had a lot of incredible matches, like like incredible matches. Like he's he's considered like a really great 
uh, worker, but he's never pushed to that level. He's kind of, you know, to think of a comparison, it's almost like a Cesaro-esque thing where he's, right. they see him at a certain level, they like him, he's reliable, but they'll never push him. And some people are really frustrated by that. And, and seeing him live, it, it, it's like it kind of made sense. It's like he didn't explode, at, you know, charisma-wise, which, you know, like Suzuki does, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is not his gimmick. His gimmick is that he's a big, scary stone pit bull. You know, that's, that's the nickname. So, um, mm-hmm. so, but other than that, I mean... Yeah, like you said, there was two matches that stood out as as really incredible to me. But other than that, it was just really consistent up and down the card. Uh, and you mentioned the production; they had a new stage, which looks fantastic. Uh, to be fair, That's... it looked it looked tremendous. They had a new screen setup where they had two massive screens on either side of the yeah, two LED screens um, as well, not projectors. Yeah, so I was I was I was looking at it, and I was like, "Oh, those screens are new." I was like, "No, wait a minute, they always have." two screens what's i was like i couldn't put my finger on it's like oh they're like actual big physical screens like they would have in wwe or something like that whereas typically it's uh uh, projections it was awesome it was big league again much like i mean i kind of thought this already about about the stadium shows but this along with like 16 carats i mean it's like this looks like it's it's a kind of a an impact-esque sized promotion you know what i mean like it it, like uh, bordering on like television ready professional uh, uh, thing, uh, it was great. They even uh, had new ropes, like all the little details. I'm not sure if many people noticed, but like even the ropes were different. I did not notice. So where were you sitting at for this? You were ringside, were you? Uh, fourth row ringside, yeah. Okay, yeah. So you 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 had a better view than than now. Well, not a better view. It's the stadium. Every, there's you know there's no bad views, but you were closer. I didn't notice the ropes, but I guess you were right there. Um, the other thing as well was the runtime. They were really hammering home on Twitter uh, in the run up. They're like we're we're getting it this time. We're we're doing it. This show's going to be ending on time. I can't remember the official end time, but it did end significantly earlier than usual. Yeah, they did uh, not. They, it was it was not three hours to be fair. But I think on your on your Scrapper Mania especially, and to an extent the other stadium shows, you can run a little bit long. You can go three and a half, four hours for Scrapper Mania. That's fine. The problem was like. Being the elite was going like five hours, and you had Cody Rhodes doing a promo for half an hour, and you're like, "Come on!" I think it was more a problem of it, it being very long, but also with the pacing of the show. Whereas this didn't feel long, um, and not including the intermission, probably went no more than three and a half hours. So it was it was fine. So to uh, to the extent that they wanted to concentrate on timing, I think they probably they they more or less got it dead on, you know. In terms of how much it impacted the fan experience, it was you know not a problem. Um, I really do feel like they've learned. Uh, I was talking to some of the lads o- o- over the weekend who I was uh, attending the show with, and we've all as OTT's gotten a lot of shit from the Irish. Forget about it, international fans. You know, we criticize it a lot. It hasn't been perfect, but I do, I do feel like they try and be better, and and they try and up their game, and they try and learn from their mistakes. And I think the stadium shows are kind of emblematic of that. I mean, I remember the bar. I wouldn't say a disaster, but being pretty, they, there were problems with the bar at the first show. The queuing was ridiculous. They ran out of booze, and then it's like that was never a problem again after the first one, right? Yeah. Uh, and the most the most consistent pro- uh, complaint after that was the time. And then they they always said they were going to try and do it, and they never did it. Uh, and then this show, they they uh, uh, they pretty much nailed it. So I I mean I really have to give them credit. This was a great weekend for them. Um, uh, and it, and it really felt like momentum was on their side, especially 
like so I'll, I'll talk about the Sunday show once we run down the Saturday one but like seeing those two shows back to back really made you come out of it with a, a big positive buzz for, for them the directions they're going in so uh, do you want to just will we, will we get going so on the actual card is there anything else you wanted to mention before we start running down the show um, well first thing I would say is that um, we arrived at the show went to our seats we were, we were in section F row C and uh, I, I don't know how many seats are in each row so I, our seats were like seats like 10 and 11 let's say so I'm thinking, well, 10, that's probably going to be halfway across a row, more or less, right? So I start edging past people. Actually, we were, like, pretty much right the other side. So we should we should have just walked around because we wouldn't have had to get past any people then. Uh, and I walk past this guy, and he's got a beer on the floor. And I look down, and he, I, I go, oh, beer. So I, I step over it, right? And my brother coming behind me obviously doesn't see what I'm oh, seeing no. in front of me. Uh, and he kicks it over, and I get beer all up the back of my leg. Nice. Um, so now we've kicked this poor lad's beer over. So I go, I go to the guy. What do you have? And he says, "No, no, don't worry about it. Don't worry." I said, "No, no, you know, because to be fair, I, I don't, I don't drink. But if if I had a, a, a gone, to, if I had gone to the bar and got a big pint of Coke and put it down, and someone had immediately kicked it over, I would, I wouldn't say anything, but I would kind of want them to go buy me a new one. So I said, "What do you have?" And he says, "Heineken." I said, "Okay." So I go to the bar. I say, can I, I'll have one Heineken, please. And of course, because it's OTT, uh, that's not a usual order. <laughs> they say, so you want the three for a fiver thing? I say, <laughs> one Heineken, please. This is like, you're not going to outhaggle me, Marty Skrull. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's three for five euro or one for four euro, mm. which is one of the weirdest pricing deals I've, I've ever come across but what one please and i say okay well over on that table there because they just give you the bottle they, yeah. they they take the cap off they give you the bottle and you have you have to go over and pour it into a glass or not a glass into a, a plastic cup plastic yeah so I, I go over and grab a plastic cup and keep in mind listeners that i don't know how beer works so i just take the bottle and turn it upside down and pour it all into the plastic container oh. it's like three quarters head <laughs> I don't know, Barry. I don't know how it works. Hang on, hang on, hang on. on. You, Paul does not drink. This is true. I, I, you you have never drunk. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay, so I'm a novice. Think of a 13 year old pouring his first pint. Fair enough, but have you watched a television in your life? I have, and I. To be fair, I've seen other. It was just a lapse of concentration, more than anything. Yeah, to be fair, it like I, I can imagine. Also, it's like a show. You're trying to get sorted, get to your seat. You're not really thinking like fair enough. But it is fucking hilarious that you're trying to do this good deed, make up to this dude, and you can't fucking pour the drink. <laughs> so my brother comes over his drinks, and he looks at me, and I'm standing there with barely a drink, just foam in a cup. And he goes, I'll have that one. You you take one of these ones. Just so I don't look like a fool. So he kind of saved me on that one. Uh, so I go back and give give the lad the drink. Um, and I'm going to come off like a prick in this story, okay? Which Which is fine. But just to make it clear, right? The reason I bought this guy a drink was because we accidentally kicked over his existing drink. Fair enough? Yes. I didn't buy him a drink to start conversations throughout the show i didn't buy a drink to be his friend it was more a functional sorry i kicked your drink over here's your drink 
but he was he kept like he was he was nice and he kept <laughs> making little remarks to me and I was just kind of would try to I I'd give like a little chuckle or I just <laughs> ignore him a lot of the time. So sorry if you're listening, the guy who's drinking we kicked over, and then I was like really rude to you for the rest of the show. But I'm kind of introverted and I don't want to talk to people at the shows. I bought you a drink because I kicked your one over. Apologies. <laughs> um. So we had like a whole <laughs> story of things happened before the show even started. Um, now, the nice thing about these stadium shows is that if you buy um, floor seatings, as, as we did, you just have assigned seats. So we showed up at like 6.50 for the show, which is the start at 7 o'clock. So we didn't queue at all. We just came straight to the door with our tickets and, and walked to the, the fourth row. So that was very nice. Um, were you general admission, Barry? Yes, I bought the uh, combo contenders uh, okay. ticket, which was GA for the two of them. Okay. Um, so were you queuing for a while, or how was the queue? Or no, we uh, the uh, no, we uh, we were very late. Uh, there was a lot of Brits with us who came over for the show. Okay. Um. Uh, and so we congregated in the wool shed before the show. And then when we said, okay, let's make our way to the stadium, we ended up going to a bar down the road from the stadium. So we literally didn't go to the actual queue until, um, uh, until the doors were actually already open a couple of minutes, I think when we got there. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, so, so we, 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 I, I, now that I think about it, other than the very first one, I don't think I've done a whole lot of queuing for the stadium. Well, shows. that's the thing with the stadium as well is no matter where you are, as you said, you have a good view. So it's not like yeah, actively so, where if you if you're not there you're fucked. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's like fifty. It's like first of all, fifty percent of it is assigned, and the other fifty percent is uh, the part that's usually the furthest from sold out. Uh, okay. That's probably the other thing we should mention that this this was about WrestleRama level. I would say maybe a little bit less. Well, I wasn't at WrestleRama, uh, so you'll have to. Uh, so yeah, well, that. so if, if anyone was at that, that's an idea. It wasn't a sellout. Our section was kind of like like there was like three rows. Uh, behind me that had people in seats and then behind that it was like all kind of empty so you know it wasn't you know it wasn't a sellout do you feel by the way that lately there's been a slight cooling off of the ott hype i i would would go so far as to say that it was it's not even slight okay i would say it's cooled off yeah because Uh, i mean uh, this is not a slight on ott in any way it's 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 often the case that when something gets very popular then we'll cool down um, yes. Wrestling, UFC, whatever. But yeah, you see a lot of tweets more common now than ever before about, you know, tickets still limited, tickets still on sale. And they even went so far this time as to offer like a, a reduced price on certain tickets. They put out like for, for a day special code for mm. tickets, whatever. Which, which is like fine in one sense, <laughs> but also some people get a little annoyed when you do that. Um, well, I, I, I was even annoyed. I just feel like. You know, it, it, it's a shame more than anything because this, as as we talked about earlier, this is where they've put the most effort into their production and the card, like we had said last week, was like on paper the best card they've ever put on. Yeah, so, yeah. So. I think I think they they run an awful lot of shows um, lately, especially if you include contenders, right? And well, um, yes and no because they didn't have. Um, they had that one Space Odyssey show that was cancelled because of the snow. Like the start of this year. This has been the second OTT show I've been to after homecoming. True, but if you, know? you if you if you'll recall, they cancelled that like the day before, right? So it's like 
if you recall on this show when those tickets were on sale, we were talking about. Oh yeah, we're talking about how all the tickets are on sale at the same time. Yeah, yeah, you're they right. had tickets on the sale for the same time, and I think it was for it was for that show, Gaff Party, and Defiant were all going on sale around the same time, and I think they had confirmed Scrapper Mania was happening at that time as well. Yeah, uh, and I remember a lot of people speculating. Again, you mentioned it there, kind of, kind of seemed like on Twitter. For Scrapper Mania, they were giving it the big push, the big, big please come push, uh, and they even did a Facebook giveaway, um, uh, which I thought was a really good idea. By the way, it was—it's a great idea. I think they should do it more often. But I thought it was interesting that they, this was like—I think the first time they've done it. But similar to that, I kind of got the vibe in the lead up to the cancelled show mm. that it was uh, the the famed controversial Pete Dunne Martina show. Uh, I kind of got the vibe that that one wasn't doing gangbusters either but that's purely speculation on my part yeah um but anyway you know in summation i feel it has cooled a little bit what do you um, think is the solution was... for it I, I i don't know it's weird because i i mentioned that they run a lot but i don't know that it's necessarily that they run too much a friend of mine kind of has a theory that do you think maybe the stadium shows have kind of taken away from the the even though you and I prefer it, like, you know, oh, maybe I, I, I won't go to the Tivoli this month because next month they're going to have, like, Minoru Suzuki in the stadium. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but the stadium show is is the one we're talking about that didn't sell out, you know? So True, true. But I think it's also a case of um, we're just in a very weird period where I think they're still trying to figure out, like, what's the, what's the caliber of name it takes to... Um, uh, to sell out the stadium, and also think, is maybe are they hitting the stadium specifically too often? Because this has been now the fourth, is it in a year? They did, yes, you know, yeah. they did the Scrapmania three, WrestleRama, being the elite, and now Scrapmania four. Yeah, and I, 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 I would agree with that. I think one stadium show a year would be great. I think two is perfectly viable. I think three is a, is a stretch. Okay, um, so that's that's fun. But I also think the the caliber of of uh of star matters like kenny omega mega star young bucks uh, you know young bucks mega stars cody rhodes we just talked about on the main podcast ten thousand tickets like you you can attribute that to the bullet club brand and the young bucks brand i think yeah. the cody cody as an individual i think you cannot dispute he's a mega star sure uh and then even know, uh, last year's Mania was um originally with like ricochet uh, Young Bucks. Oh, we're talking. Yeah, Young Bucks and Omega, of course, in the main event. But also with Ricochet yeah. and Osprey were in the main event, and then being and the like, Elite, you had Phoenix as well and Skrull. And, and you, you look at the shows that weren't sellouts, and it was like Rama was, in, you know, pretty much just an indie super show. Well, Mick Foley was the headlining with, name but of wrestling. But, but, you know, like, but Mick, but Mick Foley, you know, is, is that a difference maker these days? And then you look at this one. And it's like, even though a lot of people, you know, in our circles freaked out about it, Minoru Suzuki is a legend, but he's not as big a deal as Cody to the modern fan, I'm fairly sure. Yeah. I think there's, I think it's important to stress that there is a big difference between your Bullet Club fan and your Ring of Honor New Japan fan. Uh, they are, they are, it's funny you made the NWO comparison, I, I think they are bigger to the Western fans than the New Japan brand. Um, yeah, I'd agree. And, I, and, uh, and so I think it's just... Um, I think these stadium shows need a massive name, not a not a big, well-respected name like Osprey, Suzuki, Ricochet. I think they do need an like Omega. a star. You mean? I think that yeah, genuinely, yeah, like an actual 
mainstream is the wrong word because we're not talking about mainstream. We're talking about indie wrestling. But, you, you know, the closest to a mainstream, Kenny Omega. And I think the next one, like, he's he's really expensive. I don't know if they'd get him, but, like, Rey Mysterio. You know what I mean? Like, that yeah. that kind of that kind of big indie star. Or even, I, I don't know if he's this popular, but, like, Pentagon. You know? Uh, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe not in 2019. I think maybe if you did that in 2017, he would have done. But again, we're getting into hypotheticals. I think it's just, I think it's a very specific kind of person who will sell out the stadium for sure. Well, this is why I feel like Sure Road is is like the sweet spot in that it's um, bigger than the Tivoli. Obviously, can hold a lot more people than the Tivoli can, and and obviously, yet yeah, not as big as a stadium, but that you can kind of supplement the stadium not selling out by having these bigger crowds at the Sure Road shows throughout the year. Um, and hopefully they do more Sure Road shows because I still think, although they only did one show there, which was the Homecoming show, because the second one was cancelled, I feel like Sure Road is the answer to their mm. their their, <laughs> their location woes that they've been having lately. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're in a very interesting spot. They're in a very mm. interesting spot. Um, yeah, so this one, uh, and again, we, we said all this, talk about, oh, you know, this didn't sell out, and this didn't sell out. To look at it, this looked like, I mean, this still looked like an incredible achievement. It, it, when they say, oh, it was, oh, of course, yeah. When they, when they say, oh, 2,000 fans in the stadium, you look at that crowd and you go, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah of course. No, I don't, I don't mean to so, diminish the, you know, the achievement <laughs> by any means, because it's still no, staggering when you stand back and think about it, you know. Yeah, and, and and like being there, like being there live, it's just like I can't believe this is like an Irish-run promotion doing this. Yeah, and it was like, well, it was like, you know. Do you think they're gonna do another August stadium show? I think they it, because they didn't they announce? I'm, I might be wrong. Didn't they announce WrestleRama at Scrappermania last year, or is, was that not correct? Yes, they at the last three they have they have. Uh, oh wait, no. They announced, yeah, they announced WrestleRama at Scrappermania, and then they announced uh, being the elite at WrestleRama. Yeah. Um, so they didn't do so that yeah. this time. They didn't do that this time. And also, they, I don't believe they have any announcements uh, post-June no. for, uh, for, for anything of any variety. No. Um, so yeah, they're, they're in a very interesting place. Um, uh, they're continuing to... to to, to run a lot of shows and, and, and branch out with the contenders and stuff. And I think it's, I think it's really interesting, but yeah. So, I mean, the, and obviously for those of you who, who weren't there and maybe you haven't seen the photos, I mean, it, it was maybe a hundred or 200 short of a sellout. It was still a, a, a massive crowd. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I suppose we can jump into the actual card here. Please. Um, they kicked off with uh, Angus, the, uh, the commentator and Butch and uh, Foxy in the ring with the new heel commentator they did an angle where the heel commentator, who's related to the heel GM, they had to scurry off for a reason that I actually don't think was specified or confirmed. Um, uh, and then Don Marnell came back uh, to a massive face pop. Best best surprise uh, of the night, the return of Don Marnell. Yeah. Um, yeah and, and you know what? I actually I, I, I don't like the new heel commentator. Well, I yeah, I, I, I have never been so happy to see Don Marnell as I was. Sadly. Yeah, because I, I like I think we both agree the shtick is kind of not our thing, but I think he is like naturally he's a decent commentator and a decent speaker, and and his promos are usually juvenile, but you know, you know amusing for what they Don are. Don Marnell has has a wrestling charisma that the other guy doesn't. He have. does, he does. The new guy 
is really irritating. Um, in, in <laughs> yeah, not in Healway. Yeah, so 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 that was great. I don't know if that's permanent or what, but he's he was back for this show and contenders, um, and he, everyone cheered him like he's a big face, and he did his Don Marnell shtick, and that was great. So that led us to the first match, a very wacky match, a very OTT match. It was uh, Scotty Davis and Mark Haskins and Tyler Bate. Tyler Bate, first. who finally made it to an OTT show. <laughs> I feel like he's been on announced for the last five and cancelled every time. Uh, oh yeah, sure. He wasn't that. He missed being the elite, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and he was, he was yeah, injured. Yes, he he travel issues. So he finally actually, he made it. it was, it's funny because he was on the bubble for this one because he missed day three of the progress tournament last week because he was hurt. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so he, so he very nearly missed this one. But anyway, he made it. And they faced the team of David Starr, Shane Strickland, and LJ Cleary. This was the gimmick match where the winning team then faced each other in a three-way for what is basically a Money in the Bank briefcase, even including the actual physical briefcase. A golden um, briefcase. Yes, yeah, and it's uh, they didn't say it was like a anytime cash-in thing, but you know that's... When it's an indie show and there's a briefcase, that's what it means. Yeah. Well, the um, thing, the fact that they didn't say what specifically it is means they can be a little bit more flexible when they decide what they want to do with it. Uh, there was fantasy booking going on that Haskins was going to cash in on the NLW title on Sunday, but he was not in town. Um, but anyway, so uh, good six men, I thought. Um, you know, the usual good indie six man opener with people doing moves, got to mix it up, got to see lots of different personalities. Uh, I would be all about a David Starr, Scotty Davis singles match, let me tell you. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the one thing I'd say about the match that I was less thrilled with was there, there wasn't much Shane Strickland in it. Yes, yeah. And funnily enough, he did one spot and they got a massive reaction. <laughs> yeah, he did one crazy little sequence and then the match was over very shortly afterwards. Yeah, so yeah, it was what... a lot of uh, yeah, a lot of the other guys, which was weird. Um, I mean, because Strickland was doing all kinds of stuff the next day but uh but anyway he um uh he did one cool spot where uh tyler bait tried to give him an airplane spin and he just kind of leapt off tyler's shoulders and turned it into like a low-key-esque double stomp mid-air yeah. and they did one smooth, mo- smooth movement ran to the corner jumped onto the apron and then gave a double stomp to i believe scotty who was on the apron on that side yeah uh, and the crowd just came on their feet and it's like yeah that was more or less his one spot uh, and and he was mega over for it so uh, really good match obviously the story going into this one is, was that uh, Haskins had recently turned on, on Scotty Davis uh, the finish saw I was very interested in this result Davis got probably the biggest win of his career yet he pinned David Starr uh, who in my genius uh, prognosticator skills I actually thought Starr was going to win the briefcase Oh no! Uh, Me and my brother had both correctly predicted the outcome of the match, so we were very happy. Yeah. Well, so my, my my second guess was Haskins for the because they'd obviously been building him for it, but I was using the very dumb basic logic of David Starr is booked in June. J- Jordan doesn't have a challenger. He wins the case. He catches okay, it immediately. Sure. Uh, that that was my logic. But Scotty Davis got a win over David Starr. You know, big win. And then the the three way with Bate Haskins and Davis was very short. It was kind of just a uh, you know uh, it's like a four or five minute. Thing. It was all right, you know. They teased some near falls, and I think was it, did Davis. He, he nearly had the match won. Did he? And Haskins stole the pin or rolled him up. Did he? I can't remember the exact details of the finish. Yeah, um, yeah. Essentially, 
was it Has- Davis had the match one or the other and yeah Haskins threw him off and got to stole the pin was the finish uh, so so yeah Haskins got the briefcase uh, he is uh, now in position of a title shot of some variety at some point <laughs> uh, for some championship for some championship you know uh, uh, and he is obviously continuing a heel run and uh, you know simultaneously set him up for a title shot and advanced his thing with Scotty so I enjoyed that quite a lot it was a, it was a good time it was. Um, like I said, would have been nice to see more Shane Strickland because he was the person I was most excited to see having had seen everybody else in the match before. And yeah. then that he spent most of the match on the apron was a little bit annoying. Oh, I got, I got, I'm going to spend a couple of minutes after we do Scrapper Mania telling you how you should have come to Contenders, my friends. <laughs> I believe you. Um, I believe I'm, I make you very jealous, uh, but you'll, you'll, you'll have a great VOD to watch, so it's fine. Uh, and with Haskins, you know, Haskins, we've, we've spoken about before that he's, um, I don't know, I find it hard to get excited for Haskins these days, despite the fact that his matches are very good. Um, he's just kind of, I don't know, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what yeah, it is. Just, there, there was a lot of, there was a lot of that sentiment, there was a lot of, eh, eh. it's like, I remember being blown away by Haskins when he first showed up, he was doing really great stuff. Well, his matches are all yeah. great, but I just, I don't find him that exciting. Yeah, it's 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 weird. It's 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 and it's I don't know that like his Jordan match last year was was good, like the uh, the finale yeah. uh, or finale, the main event of like the December show. But I don't know that it was like a thing I'm mad to see again, you know. Uh, but anyway, uh, so that was the uh, the first uh, result. Uh, the second match was the Kings of the North successfully sticking together and defeating Aussie Open and Adam Brooks. Uh, in a fun six-man tag, uh, Brooks was pinned by a, a Duncan disorderly frog splash. Yeah, um, this was good. This was again just kind of another uh, functional six-man tag. I kind of was thinking to myself, I wonder if the Kings will just win, and that'll be <laughs> and, and and this storyline will just have been a little something for them to do. Yeah. Uh, uh, which it feels like they don't have a lot of right now, and that seems to be the case. Uh, good match. Uh, fucking what's his name? Davis is massive in real life. Uh, yeah. uh, Mark Davis, the Aussie lad. Yeah, yeah, he's fucking huge. Sure. Uh, uh, you know, good. It was the match you'd expect. They had a good match on Contenders uh, uh, a few months ago. I thought this was better than that. I thought that I was actually a little surprised that match was very straightforward. This one was a little more exciting. Uh, I like Adam Brooks. The more I see him, I think he's really entertaining. Yeah, he might he might have a similar thing to. I remember the first time I saw Zach Gibson, I wasn't blown away, and then of course Zach Zach Gibson very quickly became kind of a, a fan favorite. Yeah, Adam Brooks might go the same I, way. Uh, and, the, and the story here was that uh, obviously the Kings they were kind of struggling lately, and so this was their kind of can we stay together and do this uh, match? But also they had the story that Brooks is a heel, so he doesn't necessarily want to be with Aussie Open, so they they played off that. It was good stuff. It wasn't remarkable. One thing I will say was that like people weren't like ravenous for it, like they have been for the Kings of the North in the past. Uh, and this is also something that was true for contenders. It, it feels like they don't really have anything to do, and and the fans are kind of they like them, but they're not like you know massively into them. The way they were despised as a heels, they're not beloved as faces. If that makes sense. Yeah, it's funny how you know th- when they turned babyface, which was just before the. The homecoming show, mm. or yeah, it was a homecoming when the when did they first fight, fight the rapture? It was a homecoming, right? A uh, homecoming, yes. Yeah, like they 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 had been heels the whole time, and they finally came out at that one show, and 
you know, confronted the rapture and then they had the match. I felt like, okay, they've been healed so long, they finally turned face and so, you know, they can have some fresh matchups, fresh opportunities. And it just feels like they already hit a brick wall with, like, what, what else is there for them to do? And the only thing I could think of was, like, well, they can, they can have matches maybe with, like, you know, super teams of, like, you know, import plus import versus Kingston North. And that's why I was yeah. surprised when they announced the main event uh, for the next show. Haven uh, for Monsters is going to be like uh, Valter and Loki. Seems like a match that would be great. Those two against Kings of the North. But instead, they're against Jordan Devlin and David Starr. Mm. <laughs> okay. Um, so Kings of the North again. Maybe they won't even be on the show. I don't know. But it felt like this was this was the time to do something with Kings of the North. And this is kind of a criticism, I guess, I would have of the show overall. Was Although the show is very good, I don't know that it was particularly... Uh, newsworthy. There were no, or it, yeah, there were no yeah. title changes. Like there was, there's nothing coming out of the show that I was like, oh, I can't wait for the next OTT to see what they do with with X Y Z. Um, yeah, yeah, and especially because like I saw Bonesaw earlier today was tweeting about he was getting asked a lot over the weekend about like singles matches he'd have, and I think he said on Twitter, he's like, oh well, you know, my focus is the Kings and North, but just by the way, I'd like to wrestle Walter and PCO and uh, Christopher Daniels, and I was like, I'd I'd like to see all these matches. Yeah. You know, and um, I feel like, like Corvin to... is is like ready made for a, a heel run at the top. I don't know. Is that absolutely. just me? Uh, no, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it feels like it feels like you know he would be um, he'd be a great person to dethrone Jordan or to, yeah, to really have like... a, have a two or three match feud at the top with Jordan. Why not? I would really like for whoever it is, whenever it is. I I would really think it's important for the person to beat Jordan, be Irish. Um, well, Corvin uh, seems like the perfect person. He, well, okay, no, uh, including Northern Ireland, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what I meant by that was an OTT person from the island know. of the British Isles. What yes, the from this from this great great island that we live on. But yeah. um, but look, I mean, they I guess they they thought better of it. I mean, they could do a thing. I mean, look, they could literally pick it back up next month. This could be a red herring. And they they lose their match, and then one of them flips out next. But I mean, this this was the time to do it. Is the problem? You it, know? it it was. It's but, Scrapper but, you know, Mania. That's it should yeah. it should be. I know that it should be like the culmination of all the storylines, and to an extent, it was here. But yeah. it, it was just kind of so flat. Of oh, they just won. Oh, okay. Because they even within the match they had, um, like slip ups and like moments where Corvin would finally get to the corner and there'd be no one to tag and like they'd hit each other by mistake so it's if, even within the match they're kind of building that so i guess it was it was a swerve that they won and we're supposed to be like oh my god they won yeah but all, all i could kind of feel was like that it was a missed opportunity to do something that we would remember like oh this was the moment that the kings of the north is, you know imploded yeah absolutely and yeah, i mean inevitably when they break up even if it's only for a little while, the reunion will be like a huge deal, you know? But I feel like just for a, a, a year, have them separate. And maybe there's a, a reluctancy because of the way they're booked outside of OTT as Kings of the North. But I mean, OTT can have its own little canon, can have its own little storylines that don't affect things outside. They can still be Kings of the North wherever, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, because, I don't know, it just feels like there's they're kind of spinning the wheels at the moment and and they're they're too good for that and that's why they deserve to be doing 
something interesting or something unique because it was only six months ago we were talking about you know you see kings of the north on a poster and and i'm going you know but now like yeah. this, this match was just so kind of matter of fact second from the bottom you know kings of yeah. the north matches yeah. were always like not headlining matches but they're always like attraction matches oh you have to see the kings of the north yeah. match this one was just kind of there even even like the CCK match where they, they they didn't do a ton of build for it, and still it felt like oh this is like this is the big this is a big deal you know yeah. it's like one of the hot one of, one of the hot British teams versus you know what we consider our best team and one of the best in the world you know um, whereas this one was just it was a solid match and 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 that was it. But at the so, same time, I yeah. don't want to cr- criticize something because you know well I thought that the other thing was going to happen. Like, I I, right. I I feel like I fall into that trap too often of, of saying I didn't like something because what I wanted to happen didn't happen. But I, I do feel like in this case specifically, you know, this this is where the steam starts to run, to run out and you light another match, you know? Absolutely, um, yeah. And steam engines famously run with matches. Yeah, and coal and whatnot. <laughs> you know? um, but, but the so match the was end. good. I mean, I can't say anything bad about the match. No, yeah, no. The match, the match was, the match was fun. And then the Aussies beat up Adam Brooks after the match because yeah. he was being uh, a little, little annoyance. And so they were like, "All right, fuck you," and they beat him up. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, we then had Matthew Riddle versus Mr. William Osprey. Yes, we did. Coolordy. Now, one of the things I like about the previous matches these two have had is that they have very much not just been the lads doing their trademark spots. And going all out in a way that you kind of you could almost predict, mm. and this one was very much the same in the sense that it was not the exact match you would think. Uh, and in particular, it was like in parts of it, it was like Riddle going not Riddle Osprey going strike for strike with Riddle um, uh, in a way that you would not necessarily uh, expect. I watched this match and I was like, you know, say you, you can say a lot of things about him. Positive and negative. You can say a lot negative about him. But Will Ospreay is just like a one-of-a-kind wrestler. He really is. He's like... He's so unbelievably talented and unbelievably versatile that that he can he can pretty much do anything. I mean, this was not him, uh, uh, you know, doing the, the land-on-your-feet from a top-rope Hurricane Rana match. You know what I mean? This was yeah. very much him having something closer to a Matt Riddle match. Um, uh, and and totally hanging with him. I love this match. I thought it was my match of the night. What did you make of it? Yeah, I would probably tend to agree with you on that. Um, they did some like mat stuff early on, and like mm. Osprey was the one like going for takedowns and trying to throw. He didn't put him in an armbar at one point. Um, yeah, I think they've got a really good chemistry. I think their styles mm. kind of mesh really well, and um. Yeah, I think I think they 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 certainly both came off as like huge level stars. Um, mm. Osprey came out with the, like you know the shiny jacket, and Riddle obviously has that aura that only he has as well of kind of legitimacy. And yeah, they they just work super well together. Um, no criticisms <laughs> about the match. I, I really like Osprey's no. new finish. Um, Stormbreaker. You don't you do? Hey, I do. Oh yeah, I like it a lot. It's kind of perfect for him as well because it's like a. A flippy move, but one that and it, it was way better than the RKO thing he was doing. The the Oz cutter, yeah, it does because yeah. everybody does that. That's the problem. Mm. Um, so yeah, big fan. Big, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Osprey. You know, I, I every time I see him, I, I, he does stuff that blows my mind. 
and Riddle as well. Yeah, Although Riddle um, throws for for a guy who's a, an MMA legit MMA guy and a striker, he throws the worst Pele in the world. <laughs> well, wait, I actually know what I know the exact one. The one where he ducks under the lake. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of that one. It looks like actually, it has the impact of a gust of wind. <laughs> you know, it's like his foot lightly and his other, slaps his, you. His other strikes are so great, but I everything like, everything else looks great. And then he tells this weak ass payday. <laughs> it was um, it was a great match, and it was like I, I know you haven't, but if you have, it played off the the previous, specifically the most recent match they had in in New Orleans. Because you remember the spot where they the went up to spot? the top rope while Os- while Osprey was on his back. Yeah, yeah. So they just basically did that in New Orleans, and they they very convincingly made you think Osprey had been paralyzed in the ring after that spot. Um, yeah, I mean, God, they killed each other in this match. I mean, they they just they went all out. Um, yeah, so so incredible. There's not much more you can say about it. It's one of those things where it's it's just an excellent match, and you need to see it. Now, this this is one uh, of the times where I'm just happy that like OTT exists, and that like guys like Osprey and Riddle will come all the way out to Dublin to you know. Have him like it's, it's kind of the the strongest I've had that feeling since like Osprey Ricochet, you know, where <laughs> these guys have this series of matches, and for whatever reason, one of them is in Dublin. You know, it's it's just yeah. yeah, and it's kind of the first time in a since Ricochet. I I think we mentioned this on the preview show actually. That it's the first time in a while that they've done that because they never did do a Marty Osprey match, which was the one kind of when when Osprey started coming here, that was the hot match, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, there was speculation when they announced Walter that they might do Walter David Starr because that's also a hot touring match. But this one is this one is as good as any other current day touring matches you'll get. So uh, yeah. so that was top notch stuff. And it's nice that these people uh, have like an affinity for OTT specifically. You had Pete Dunne tweeting in the week that his favorite venue to wrestle is the Tivoli, and yeah, and his favorite know, promotion is OTT. And Mary Skrull, obviously, I've heard interviews reference OTT specifically by name as well. So. Osprey always talks about it. Osprey, I mean, to be to his credit, he loves OTT. He really yeah, does. That's, that's nice. Um, uh, Paul, this is the part of the show where I was a big old misogynist and I went to the bathroom. Oh, well, you talked about it before me. I, I tell you what, I was very disheartened by how much people left. Not even before, but during the women's match. The, the, the two rows in front of me were almost entirely empty. I I did feel terrible because when that when that match ended, I was like, I need to pee really badly, and I was like, let me just see what the next match is. And the music hit. I was like, fuck, I can't be that guy. So I stayed in my seat for Valkyrie's entrance, and as Sammy Jane was coming out, I was like, I am going. To I bet you the myself. toilets were packed. And they were. Yeah, I was like. I think it's like we said in the past. So uh, I'm, I'm being 100% serious, by the way. I swear to God, I did not go because I didn't care about the match. I honestly thought I was going to burst. I could not have held it any longer. But I, I went, and yeah, the queue was crazy. To the point that I almost went and sat back in my seat. But I was like, no, I'm <laughs> but even, not going to But even women were going to the toilet during this match. But that's that's just the thing, right? I think it's it's less to do with, oh, the men don't respect the women's match. I think, and we've talked about this on the show, it's just... It's still a work in this division specifically is still a work in progress. Like Sammy Jade, they did a good job with her. They brought her in. She got two big wins. Kind of shock of the shock of the year, probably for like OTT booking decisions, because no one no one expected her to win. That's cool. But Valkyrie is still ostensibly kind of a nobody to 
to especially to to a stadium crowd who are who are not going to the Tivoli and who are not going to contenders. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. It seems weird to put on the stadium show because it's I, it's, it's both of their second OTT appearance. Mm. I mean, they both were on the Defiance show. I mean, not counting obviously contenders and so on, but not counting contenders. Yeah. They're they they're on the Tivoli Defiance show and now they're on the stadium. And, and also, Defiant was not well attended, as we discussed. And it seems like this was the this was specifically the match to bring in, a, you know, a, a Kaylee Ray or a, you know, whoever just have the match with Sami Zayn and, and again build that division. But Valkyrie, who was eliminated in the qualifier for the main event, never mind being in the main event. So I don't know. Why oh, that's yeah. That's the other thing. I watched Contenders, and I was like. Look, I, I assume there's a reason that like they probably don't want to like burn the Katie match immediately after the fight. Like they probably want to they might be saving that for like the next stadium show or something. Like sure. I understand the rationale, but the idea like Katie just coming out and saying like I'm basically like deferring my shot to you. Oh, that was such a that was such a lame. I didn't angle. even it see really that. Was. So I didn't I didn't even so know about that cont- until you mentioned it. So on contenders basically now it was a bit better than that. What they did was. Katie came out and she said, referring to the finish at Defiant, she goes, I know you kicked out. She said, you kicked out before three, Foxy counted it, and they called and they said I won. But I know you kicked out, and I also know that if, if that match had kept going, I didn't have anything else to put you down. So she, they, she tried her best to make it seem like there was a logic to it, but it still came off, like you said, the girl who lost in the opener of the tournament the previous month was basically kind of being hand given uh, a championship match, and I think I think that hurt this match. Um, and I, I think there was just uh, I, I like I said I felt terrible, but it, but it was um, it's just the reality. Well, I'll let you know, Barry. I stayed in my seat throughout, baby, because uh, really respect women and women wrestling. Unlike you, it's fair enough. Yeah, I'm sorry. Unfortunately, uh, I, I don't know that the match was was that good. Um, oh. Valkyrie was one of my, you know, when we did our Defiant review, Valkyrie was one of the two standouts for me. Herself and, and mm. Nina Samuels, I thought, both really had great showings. Mm. And I don't know what it was here. Maybe the stadium was just, like, too big a step up too quickly. But, yeah, I think the match, I don't know that it was, like, it wasn't even that it was sloppy, but it was a little bit disjointed. Lifeless. And, well, that was because half the crowd weren't there, <laughs> unfortunately. But like, even when um, Sammy Jane did her um, shadow fax, where she slides mm. on baseball slides and does the German suplex off the ropes, even that was like not done one hundred percent crisply, like well, you know. Um, so yeah, it was just kind of. I I I think because Valkyrie and, and to be fair, Sammy Jane as well, because they had such good showings at Defiant, I expected. Uh, really great women's title match and while it was again while it was good um i don't know that it was that, it was that good and and, and yeah, also I, because a lot of the crowd were had gone wandering it kind of suffered because of that i don't know whether that had specifically got got to them as well especially some, might, someone like yeah. valkyrie in their in their first stadium show they go out and they see you know one out of every four people getting up and leaving their seat you know it was, yeah that's rough, I, and it's like it's like you mentioned. It is a, it's a big jump from the type of shows she's done before to the stadium. Yeah, um, and to, and to she carried herself and... well. To be fair, yeah, um, I think she. I, 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 think, I think she. Yeah. is going to come off like the 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 guy who's never worked a wrestling match in his life, giving advice to the wrestlers. But 
I think she stopped selling the finish too quickly. Like she got pinned, hit with the finish, pinned, and she was already up on her knees, Adam Cole style. <laughs> you know, like, like just stay down a little bit, sell, sell the finish, and you know get it over. Um, but I, th- I thought she carried herself well. She 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 had the the big um, jacket on the big with the big V on it, and she came out. And she you know she's charismatic. She's got she carries herself well in the ring. This match was just. Not the best. Um, yeah, well... And I, I think, think also, to, to take the responsibility off, off them for a second, I think the placing of it was not <laughs> good either. Because, as you said, it was the fourth match of the show. Uh, fifth, if you count the opener, as two matches. And it's like, you know, you mentioned that you were, you were saying, I really need to go to the bathroom, I'll see what the next match is. That's why I'm thinking you maybe have this as the second match, or you have this after the intermission, you know? Um, yeah. To avoid that kind of situation, but... Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, and like I said, I think the, the phrase I, I use for this division is, you know, work in progress. The other yeah. the other thing about this match um, is that I was kind of saying, oh, like, why, you know, why Valkyrie? Why this? Why this match is so weird? I think there was a little bit of a panic because they didn't want to burn a big match. But I think they smartly knew that we can't not have a match, you know, of some variety. Yeah, it's better than they had it, of course. Yeah, so, 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 you know, small victories. But uh, up next was the Ishii match uh, with Cobb. As I mentioned, you know, greatest hits. It was a a middle-of-the-card match. It also, like, it also wasn't especially heated. Again, because, like, it felt like Suzuki was the megastar. And also, he has the facials and and the character of it all. Um... Whereas this match was just it was two like solid workers going out there having a solid match and that was that was kind of just it. You know, was there any anything else you you thought about that for from what we discussed before? No, it was just kind of it's funny that Ishii reminds me a bit of Kurt Angle <laughs> in how he kind of looks. He's got these like he obviously got the wrestling boots on. He's got his skinny legs, big yeah tree trunk torso. Um, yeah, I just thought it was kind of slow. Uh, I I I expected more like oh my god these big big lads throwing each other around there kind of wasn't a lot of that um i i quite like i'm quite a fan of jeff cobb to be fair i i, th- I think more often than not i i really enjoy his matches is she of course i don't have much exposure to like we mentioned but um i don't know whether it was a clash of styles but you know they they had a, a fine match I don't, like there's no even spots from the match i look back and think oh remember when they did x they just kind of had a fairly standard match I, I liked when they were kind of doing the the shoulder blocks at the beginning but it never kind of got you know out of second gear really mm. um it was fine yeah so uh that was the conclusion before intermission this was then when they announced uh walter and low key versus <laughs> yeah. jordan devlin and david star what a wacky match um, nice surprise to get lucky as well, but as you say, a, a weird match. It's one of those things where I I mentioned there earlier how everyone wanted them to do Marty versus Will way back when, and they never did it. Yeah, but and it's like they would announce stuff like Jordan Devlin and Marty Skrull versus the the Uptown Funkers. Like, what? What are you doing? Why are you doing that? But then, like on the night, that was the most batshit insane match uh, the, at the time that we had seen in OGT, and it was like it's still probably one of the best in company history. So, like, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people wanted Jordan versus Walter, hmm. um, uh, or or 
with the most speculation Loki would be there and like, oh, what if Loki, Walter, or again, they could do the star Walter thing. So we had all these expectations, but I think on the night, I think that match is going to be ridiculous. It's going to be ridiculous. I think it also satisfies something that we've said in the past about having the big imports come in and not just wrestle each other. Like to have Jordan in the match with with Walter and with Loki is important, you know? Yeah, so uh, so they they announced that. Uh, do you, are you going to that? Oh yeah, I have my tickets already. So they've announced more matches, but for that, I might just sneak that in here. So they're doing that match. They're doing uh, Chris Wolf versus LJ Cleary versus Trent Seven for the gender neutral title. Yeah. Uh, Dan Barry of all people is coming to OTT. He's facing Be Cool. I don't know who Dan uh, Barry is, by the way. He he was one of Team Tremendous. They were in PWG for a while. They're like a Beyond Wrestling team. He's like a comedy guy. Okay. Uh, it's it's a it's an odd pool, I will say, because he's like he, he they were in PWG, they were doing pretty well, but that was like <laughs> I'm after googling him. He looks a bit like um, uh, Paddy M from the Lads from the Flats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 weird. It's it's not a who I miss yeah, by the way. I, oh, anyway, I miss the lads. Seriously, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what they need to start so, doing? OTT Hall, Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. And get these lads back for a little appearance. Put them in the Hall of Fame. Well, Dempsey. Well, let's not go crazy. Um, right. So, on. anyway. That, go on. That, <laughs> and, uh, what, oh, yeah. T- and then today they announced uh, Team White Wolf, who are uh, some really talented Spanish wrestlers, I believe they are, mm-hmm. uh, versus uh, more than hype, Darren Kearney and Nathan Martin. So, yeah. It's a good, good, good card so far on paper. Pete Dunn match still to be announced. Um, uh, Pete Dunn match and... Zach Gibson match still to be announced. Oh yes, yeah, he's on that. He's on that poster as well. Yeah. So after intermission, we had one of the all-time great OTT moments. I think. Okay. The Angel Cruisers entrance. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Which, by the way, they didn't do any other special entrances. Like uh, no, Valkyrie got some like confetti. That was about it. Oh yeah, you're right. Apart from that. Oh, the Angel Cruiser stuff was out of this world good. Uh, so the video, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to um, uh, properly explain. I assume they'll put it on you know, their YouTube. That's yeah, I, I was thinking that as well. Is like they should they should, to do they would get some eyes on this if they just put it standalone on the on the YouTube. Basically, it was kind of like an A team kind of parody skit where the Angel Cruisers are, uh, like, literally, like, murdering people with, like, like B-movie blood splatter effects and gun effects and all this stuff. Like, it was really over-the-top, perfect for their characters. Um, and uh, the the villain of the piece was Mo Cabray, which I looked at the video and I was like, oh, is that someone doing a Joe Cabray parody? And then I was like, that is Joe Cabray doing a Joe Cabray parody. They had the man himself playing the the villain trying to kill Irish wrestling. That was fucking hilarious. It was. It was great. Um, all all the little mannerisms and jokes. I mean, those two guys are are hilarious. I mean, they are fucking hysterical. Uh, the Angel Cruisers, and so they uh, they came to the ring. Then out came the opponents, Charlie Sterling and Zach Gibson, the OTT Tag Team Champions. Uh, Gibson cut his typical heel promo. He was hated. I couldn't uh, hear what he was saying. Because I could, the crowd reaction yeah, was too loud. Uh, so I was like, I couldn't hear what he's saying. Uh, someone was ejected for throwing a drink at at the heels. Were, uh, were they ejected it, properly? I didn't see that. I, so there was a bit of talk about it. I heard that two people were ejected. 
and the dude who didn't do the actual throwing was left back in. But I don't know. If, I don't know if any of that's that's literally just speculation. Yeah, because I saw there. the the drink was thrown, and I've never seen Joe Cabray move as quickly as he did when he ran from his little seat up in the up by the commentary down to ringside. <laughs> he was at the speed of light. But I thought it was more to have the like they had people like clearing up the the thrown beer because it was at ringside. They didn't want people to slip on. I assume. I don't. I didn't see anyone thrown out, but if, if, if you maybe had a better view of it than I did, um, but I mean, if to be fair, you know, if Charlie Stern's throwing beers at people and someone throws one back, maybe it's a bit his fault. I don't know. It's 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 one of those weird things. Yeah, it's like when like a re- a wrestler pushes someone and then the fan pushes back, and then all of a sudden it's like this big debate about what's right. It's like, yeah, I I don't know. I like I think. But also, I think, like, common sense adults, like, don't throw something at a performer at a show, you know what I mean? Um, we also we also have those uh, instances every now and then where, like, a, fa- a wrestler will, like, spit at a fan and then get upset if there's retaliation. And, like, at a certain point, like, use your brain, you know what I mean? But, uh, but anyway, that was... I, I, that I was... just think that somebody thrown a, a, a very, very light plastic cup with beer in it at Charlie Sterling is not the worst thing in the world. I don't. I don't think that's a throw-out offense for me. But whatever, that's up to them. Anyway. Uh, so anyway, uh, they had a match. I really like this match. They had I, a I, I, donking good match. It's really great. I mean, I, I really appreciate that every now and then. Um, like it was still, it was still a very comedic match. But I just the, the the cruisers are great at actually having like a dramatic match that gets you invested in the result. They're they're really talented. They really are. And, and I mean, the Rapture are tremendous. They are just two top notch pro wrestlers. Uh, the big Angel Cruz kind of weapon comedy spot of the evening was uh, I think Sterling, either Sterling or Gibson. I think it was Sterling preempted the weapon. And he went under the ring and he collected a sword, a samurai sword looking thing, uh, you know, one upping the Angel Cruisers. We know you're a shtick. We're not going to you're not going to use this weapon. So Angel Cruz went to the other side of the ring and retrieved a machine gun uh, playing off years of fantasy booking of, oh, well, if it's no DQ, why doesn't the other guy just get a gun? Uh, so that that long standing Internet uh, uh, theory has now been put to the test. Uh, the crowd chanted for the IRA, of course. Yeah, it's a bit and, embarrassing, uh, but fair enough. But, but the uh, <laughs> the um, uh, so they they did a few spots, and then the finish was uh, well, the, the, the best spot was when they they used the machine gun. He he had he he pointed the machine gun at Zach Gibson, who had the the samurai sword, the katana. Yeah, and he put down the sword and laid down in the ring, and he he wanted that be cool would pin him. Under duress of, you gotta shoot with a machine gun. <laughs> so, Vico gets on top one two, and then Charlie Sterling pulls him out for to break up the pin. But that was nice that he was he was going to win the titles by having Zach Gibson lie down and not kick out because if he did, he would shoot him, which is great. The finish was a bit weird. I I don't know whether it was an audible called or planned, but. Anyway, go on. So, are you saying that maybe things were a bit thrown off by the fact that Cool might have died? Yeah. <laughs> I think that, uh, that's my, maybe what happened. Cool was kind of... I don't know if it was like a like he was trying to put a triangle on one of the lads and they turned it into a powerbomb. Basically, they powerbombed him out of the ring 
but he didn't quite it didn't quite go right and again I couldn't see from my angle but it looked terrifying like he just landed on his head on the floor yeah I couldn't um, see well the landing he had him up as as I recall he had him up not for a powerbomb but like you know when you're going to do like a backdrop on someone and you're holding them up legs in the air and he was going to kind of toss him team prick were standing on the outside for the catch and a and hundred other trainees I assume and as he threw him over, yeah, his, like his leg got tangled and he went whoop over the top, uh, arse over tea kettle, as Alvarez would say. And uh, and there was a hushed silence came over the crowd. And people were like, oh, I, I couldn't see. I could only see his legs. And he was he was lying prone at ringside. And he was he was he was still down a good 10 minutes later. And of course, I, eventually he got up and walked out with um with Angel Cruz, so he was able to walk out of his own, you know, accord. And, of course, he was on the show last night as well, I believe. Mm, yeah, he was, yeah, yeah. Um, so, clearly, he's, he's okay, uh, if, if a bit shaken up. But um, what happened in the ring, then, was Angel was in the Shankly Gates, and I guess Be Cool was supposed to come in. I don't know if if maybe, um, the, the you know, the, the, what are they called? The uh, prick? No, the the bad guys, the what? The rapture. The rapture. rapture, Thank you. I can't want to say the rampage, but that's not their name. The rapture. I guess we're maybe supposed to win anyway. Maybe Biku was going to come in and he would get threatened with the sword. But the thing was that Biku is lying down on the floor, probably knocked somewhat loopy. And one of Team Prick starts coming, trying to come into the ring as if like he's going to substitute for Biku. And Angel then starts like getting out of the submission. And then he just lies down again and is put back. We might be able to see on VOD more clearly what happens. But it looks like Angel is getting up. And then he's back down in submission and taps out. So uh, to me, it was like a little bit like maybe that wasn't the in- intended finish. But, you know, th- well, stuff you, happens. It was you, mentioned, you mentioned the sword, obviously. Yeah. So um yeah the rapture the one thing the one thing going into this show was that I kind of expected most of the champions to retain cuz like you it's like you know I was you mentioned earlier about you want that newsworthiness but I was also like ah it's too soon to beat Sammy ah it's too soon to beat the rapture you know yeah um so I I was I was rooting for the Angel Cruisers but you kind of had to know that they they weren't winning here but well, um, but then the thing is that you know OGT only do a show a month so the rapture in real time have had the titles for 4 months now <laughs> you know they can do a change you know well, I mean, they, yeah, I guess, but um, you know, milk, milk it again. I mean, although the the contract status is the more interesting thing. I mean, I don't know what With Zach Gibson's. Gibson. Yeah. Um, uh, although he seems look, he seems like he has one of those Pete deals where it's like they'll use him when when occasionally, but he's still he's still doing his dates. He's he's not moving to Florida, you know. Sure. Um, so anyway, up next we got uh, Keith Lee versus Minoru Suzuki. Uh, yeah, one of the, was... one of the loudest pops I think I've heard for Suzuki. Yes. Suzuki was beloved and it, again uh just he he was beloved coming out and then like so much of the Suzuki experience is just seeing his mannerisms and seeing the way he composes himself. And so it was one of those matches where kind of like Ishii it was a little bit of the greatest hits. It was not 90 miles an hour, but every little thing they did, they got a reaction to and they milked it to the to the end Degree, and he was clearly enjoying himself as well. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And and they, uh, I mean, the big finish was kind of teased around the idea of um, 
Suzuki doing the pile driver. Yeah. Um, on Keith Lee, Keith Lee obviously a big, massive hunk of a man. Um, uh, so, so that was they milked that for all it was worth. But uh, and, and Lee as well. I mean, Suzuki's like legendary for his charisma and his mannerisms. Keith Lee is like a phenomenally charismatic guy. He's yeah. so entertaining. He has great facials. He's great mannerisms. He comes off like a star. That was really evident in in, in at contenders because it's such a small room and and oh. He was he was working contenders crowd like a like a like a goddamn god. I mean, he really was. Uh, <laughs> sure. Oh, oh, mate, you should you should have fucking been at that show. Oh my god. Anyway, uh, so like I said, there, there wasn't really like a whole lot to this match, but it was really really fun to be a part of. You got the big Kaze Nina Nare uh, sing along at the beginning, which which is always great. And uh, you know you got your uh, your Suzuki specials and you know the the arm bar upside down and and all this other stuff. Uh, it was great. Uh, and uh, you know this was obviously the 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 big talking point was kind of this was the one of the last appearances of Keith Lee. Uh, uh, he is setting off to uh, greener pastures or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what the official term is to use, but um, uh, well, greener pastures is probably appropriate given the wrestling quality of half the people who are in the developmental system oh boom got him oh slammed did there was there was actually there was an nxt chant wasn't there yes yeah okay so there you go there's that um but uh yeah so suzuki won with the gotch style pile driver which even that he finally gets him up for the pile driver like that's where the big pop should have been and it, there was a big pop but locking his hands for the gotch style got a big reaction like it was just yeah god it was great and god, then great. you know suzuki had a little bit of crowd interaction as well he was clapping and waving after the match which ishii didn't notably he just no, up yeah. and left give me me money off i go um <laughs> He's back to fight Mo Cabray. <laughs> Suzuki was given the uh, clapping to the fans. Uh, and... Suzuki, I find this very hard to believe. I, there was a lot of debate about this. Suzuki tweeted he got his first ever standing ovation in Ireland. That can't be real, surely. Because I, 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 I saw at least one Rev Pro person going, uh, no, we do that. Um, maybe I, I maybe Suzuki know. doesn't acknowledge the existence of the UK. That might be a, an old <laughs> Japanese throwback or something. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but maybe it's more kind of like... He doesn't acknowledge the, the ally side from World War II, so... Well, fair, and fair play to him. You yeah, know, and rightly so, and rightly so. But I'm wondering if maybe, like... Because he, he, like, he proper, like, you know, soaked it up at the end, so maybe it's just one of those things he where he never really it, had yeah. This was maybe, like, his first proper Hulk Hogan moment. I'm going to stay in... Look with a tear in my eye, you know, like out of the. I don't know, but um, <laughs> he was loved, but yeah, for sure. And then Lee had his own ovation afterwards. He bowed in a very kind of goodbye way. Yeah, very very slow bows to each corner, and uh, or not to yeah. each side. Then off he went. So uh, Lee's uh, future will undoubtedly be bright. Undoubtedly. That's his new name. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, that brought us to the main event. Uh, did we talk last week about the video for Sabre Jr.? And, and, um, I'm not sure. Uh, uh, it, it's great. Anyway, they had Finn Balor do a cameo in the video. And I got a big pop as well. A lot of people, I don't think, had seen it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Their, their YouTube Ooh. stuff doesn't do great views. It's like, I think a lot of people, they see that stuff for the first time. Well, hang on. Let's do, do, ours is even worse, so let's not compare. 
you're doing great, lads. You're 132 views more than we get. Whatever that is. Yeah. Well, let me let me fig- let me have a look here. See what see how many views that video got. The last one, OTT. Wrestling. Uh, yeah, one thousand two hundred thirty views. So that's less people than, yeah. than were in the arena. So fair enough. Yeah, and and like you have to imagine, you know, foreigners and stuff. Although nicely, there the amount of people that are subscribed to their channel is four thousand three hundred twenty-one. So four three two one, which is nice. That's oh, that's nice. That's and that's actually that's a lot of people too. Actually, four thousand. Um, I earlier in the week, or, or sorry, not even earlier in the week, just yesterday, uh, I sent someone the British Strong Style uh, Angel Cruisers match. Yeah. Uh, that match has like sixty thousand views. Good, because it deserves to. Yeah. That's uh, a great match. It's a great match to show people. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, the main event, uh, Jordan Devlin versus Zack Sabre Jr. Zack Sabre Jr., I tell you, when he's a heel, and he was a heel here for sure, God, he's magnificent. He yeah. is he is a, a tremendous prick. He really is. Um, they, they had a video package and a, and a quick promo by Zack earlier in the night acknowledging that these two have history. They kind of have somewhat intertwined careers. Zack had a bit of a, not a hand in making the scene, but he, he was very much around in the, in the very primitive days of Irish wrestling. So they built all that stuff up very well, uh, especially considering, as we talked about last week, you know, the limited appearances he had in the build-up to this thing. Um, uh, and they just worked a technically sound main event uh, uh, that was paced really well and i thought i'm trying i'm just double checking i'm running through the history in my head i thought this was the best main event in the uh stadium run so far yeah you might be right because i don't really think of that bullet club six man it was a phenomenal moment but there was a lot of comedy yeah, and especially especially after the second Bullet Club show, I think if I go back and watch the first one, I'm gonna be like, oh, I am now over these guys, if you know what I mean. So I think that match has absolutely no uh, revisiting it. Uh, yeah. Now there was yeah. some good there was some good action, but I just I just don't think it was like this incredible match, you know. Sure. Um. Uh. What was the next one? The three way like that match. Girl and yeah, I don't I don't think that was any kind of special match. I don't think at all. Um, I think the problem is a lot of people want Skrull to win, <laughs> so it kind yeah. of uh, deflated. And also, it, like, like he did that, and then he went away, and then he came back, and he did that forgettable elite bollocks, and that like Marty Skrull feels like he's not even an OTT regular anymore. But he isn't, to be fair. But he, well, he, well, he, okay, fair enough, he isn't. But he feels like he's just like barely even a part of the promotion, really. Um, yeah, which is a shame. Uh, it's a shame it's because I I started going to OTT kind of after as his, as his peak was already coming back down as an OTT regular, you know. Yeah, it's 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 very weird. It just feels like he's moved on to other stuff, and they and they have also brought in new people and moved on as well. You know, so. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that that match that <laughs> match was good but not memorable, and then the Haskins Devil match was similarly good but not memorable. That match, you know, that was one of those matches that ended up great, but early on, it, you could tell everyone was knackered and not really into it. Yeah, it was the end of a fucking seven-hour show. Yeah, Whereas this one. This, this was one, perfect. You know, yeah. This show paced better, and this match was great. And again, the first half of it, it was a lot more technically minded, but people were into it. It was not like this thing of they were they were, uh, you know, uh, you know, kind of tired or they they were worn out after seeing other stuff. It was like no, they were with this match the whole way, and especially as it peaked towards the end, um, they were really great. I I, I want to rewatch this one on VOD um, more so than anything else on the show. You might I even think- say that the fact that the the earlier matches, the fact that they weren't so over the top, no pun intended. That that maybe let the main event kind of shine more, 
because yeah. it wasn't overshadowed by you know Suzuki and Ishi and mm. you know so on. Um, it was very so similar uh, to the Travis Banks match in kind of how much I, I enjoyed. It. I think I think I probably enjoyed the Banks match slightly more because it came off a little bit more you know violent, a little bit more heated. Whereas this was like, oh, Banks uh, Saber, Banks Saber. That's what I mean. Yeah. Uh, from, oh, yes, from yes, homecoming, yes, yes, yes. but this was you know it came off like two two rivals who are trying to one up each other rather than trying to beat each other up, you know, which is not a bad thing. It's another style that I appreciate. But it, yeah, it was it was a really good main event, and it was one of the two matches that I think was like with this and the Riddle match, Riddle Osprey. They were the two best matches for me on on the show hmm. by distance. So uh, and Jordan won clean, obviously, so with the the pile driver, yeah. Really, really good. Uh, so, uh, so that was um, uh, Scrapper Mania. Yeah, really great. We've you know run that down. Uh, we're going a bit long here, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bog everyone down with, with just loads just by the way that. before you start the uh, contenders thing. Mm. You mentioned that the Angel Cruisers, British Strong Style match has six. It actually has sixty three thousand one hundred ninety one matches. Yeah, but is not the most viewed video on their channel. In fact, it's not even the most viewed match on their channel. Mm. Do you want to guess what? It, it's the third most viewed video. What would what would be what would be more? Uh, I will say, oh, in terms of something that's not a match anyway, I don't know. But I'll say the did the Riddle Skrull match do better? Uh, no, that's fifth. That's twenty eight thousand. So that's not even half the views. Uh. Okay, I actually I have no fucking clue because I, I can't imagine Riddle Speedball did better. No, that's way down. That's eighth. Uh, right, tell me, the second no the, the second most viewed video on their channel, which is a match you attended last month. Dash Chizako versus Jordan Grace. Wow, seventy four thousand views in in a month. Yeah. Wow. So there you go. Wow! 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 And of course, of course, the most viewed video with nearly seventy-eight thousand views, Finn Balor at OTT. Oh, Father Ted! No, Finn. Yeah, of <laughs> Finn Balor at OTT wrestling. Wait, no, I oh, I completely forgot about that. Yeah. No, I, I, because I remember the the Father Ted thing went like mildly viral. I think I think the Father Ted is fourth. Yeah, Father Ted invades over the top wrestling is fourth. That's Squirrel Riddle at five. Uh, yeah, so they've yeah, they've got some they got some hits there on the old uh, YouTube. That's good. Yep. Um, yeah, there was some there was so I saw someone asking if I don't I don't think they will, but I did see someone saying they should put the contenders Keith Lee match um, on YouTube. I think that might be a bit of a mistake because that might be a big draw on the on demand. But um, yeah, but anyway, I'll get into that now. Tell us about contenders. Uh, so contenders was fantastic. You've done contenders before, right? No, I I had a ticket for one, uh, but it was it was the the snow oh, one. So yeah. although the show went ahead, we we ended up not going. So this is my first one, um, and much like OTT in general, now it's it's got its hooks in me, and I I might try and go to the June one. Uh, it's a bit of a pain because basically the show ended in time for me to get a bus that brought me back to Limerick for around midnight. And I had work the next day, so that's not terrible. 
you know, I got to bed at like around the same time I typically would, but I had the added exhaustion of, of a day of, of a wrestling show. Mm-hmm. But uh, Contenders is fantastic, man. It's 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 so good. Now, this was a rare case because it had fucking Will Ospreay and Keith Lee and, and, you know, literally some of the best wrestlers in the world on the card. But even just the, the, the atmosphere of it is so different. So it's in the it is in literally the bar of the National Stadium. Uh, but they, as OTT typically do, they dress it up so well that it looks like a great intimate wrestling venue. Uh, it's an all ages event, uh, and that adds a whole other element to it. It's not just drunk assholes like me uh, in black t-shirts. Oh, speaking of which, at Scrapper Mania, what, what? Oh, my God. what? Some of the worst plebs in the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, during the Jordan Devlin match, we had a group of like three or four lads to the left of us who were doing the same one chant over and over again, which was. Uh, I don't even remember what the chat was, but it was like, um, Jordan Devlin, you're the love of my life, Jordan Devlin. I let you show oh, my that's wife. Terrible. What the hell is that? But just again and again and again, and they they were loving it and they were laughing at their own chant. And there was one guy in front of me who, I mean, if if I if I looked up in a dictionary, wrestling fan, <laughs> it probably would be a picture of him. But he turns around and he's fucking loving it. He's fist pumping these lads. He, I, I don't think he did, but he probably would give a little, <laughs> give it too sweet to them for their funny chant. These these lads were so concerned with how funny their chant was. Never mind, watch the match. Oh fuck! I wanted to kick him in the face. Anyway, if you were the lad chanting Jordan Devlin, you're the love of my life. Um, number one, don't go to rest of the show anymore. And number two. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe try touching a woman's boob once in a while. You might enjoy it. Because <laughs> I guarantee you, these lads had no wife to shag. Oh, anyway, go on. Okay, all right. Oh my god. Um. Anyway, so contenders, contenders. Is, is at an at an intimate small venue. Uh, where where it's all ages and the kids obviously like they they're so into it they're 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 into it like good old fashioned booing the heels and cheering the faces. Uh, the theme of this show they call this the Hangover Show and they were saying all along that um, they were going to have breakfast rolls at the show. Yeah, and and I thought they were messing, but I forgot of course that there is a carvery at Contenders every time. Yeah, and because the lads are always talking about how great it is, you can get goujons and chips there, and I was like, oh really? And so I went there. And they had goujons, they had chips, they had curry, and they had breakfast rolls. So I got a breakfast roll, and it was fucking tasty. And I was legitimately so hungover that it was like my favorite thing about the whole show. So, um, so that was great. It's a great venue. It's a it's a tiny venue, and it's about three hundred and fifty fans. And it was a sweat box because it's a small place, and it was packed out. So I'll run through the card here. Dom Talk came out to do his Dom Talk thing. He called out someone. Uh, I'll let you guess because I actually didn't tweet this. I doubt you've seen I, it. I, I've, I've I've seen it. I've seen it. Ah, okay, never mind. So so uh, Luther Luther Ward's music hit. He came out, big fucking grin on his face, big grin on his face. Uh, he took off his jacket and he's wearing a referee shirt. So uh, Foxy rolls up Dom Tuck. Uh, Luther Ward gets in the ring, counts to three. Foxy gets the win. Uh, so the crowd were chanting undefeated and all that other stuff, and then. Uh, oh, we didn't even talk about, by the way, they had a new ref at Scrapper Mania. Uh, yes, yeah, so I did, didn't know what was up with that. Apparently, he's the guy 
don't know if he owns it, but he's one of the people involved with the Suplex brand. Oh, okay. So I, I imagine he was there on business. Oh, excuse me. Uh, the, uh, the proper opener for this was uh, the Angel Cruisers versus... Uh, what the fuck were those guys' names? Um, they were oh, new... uh, the Armstrongs. The Armstrongs. God, I'm... I'm I wasn't even at the show! Yeah, you weren't even there. I'm fucking... I, but I'm always like this. I'm always terrible with results and finishes. Anyway. Uh, so, um... Uh, that, that match was hilarious. Now, the Armstrongs... I was talking about this with some of the, the, the lads who, like myself, hadn't seen the Armstrongs before. And I was like, they did good... But I think they kind of deserve another chance because they were blown away by, as we just discussed, the funniest fucking tag team in the goddamn world, the Angel Cruisers. Think about this, right? So the previous night, Be Cool got fucked up doing that that, that spot where he landed on his head. They must have just come up with the match structure for Sunday that morning based on what happened because the entire match was basically based around the idea that Biku came out with a with a Saturday morning cartoon wrap around his head like he was in a uh, like a comic strip for uh, for like a tooth surgery or something like oh you mean literally around his from his chin oh yeah like oh, oh yeah okay. around his head like from his uh, his chin to the top of his head not around like, his uh, temple but vertically no, around no, no, the no. outside of his That's face so, so it looked as preposterous as you as as possible, okay, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, I get you. He was walking about like he was strolling to the ring very slowly with a faraway look in his eyes and a very creepy smile. Like he was not doing a bombastic B-Cool entrance. He was like almost in a trance, and he and he went to to go behind the bar instead of getting in the ring. So they brought him back anyway, and Angel Crew starts the match by saying, "Look, we're going to have a match." competition and all that but just don't don't punch be cool in the head okay he's he's had a bit of a knock uh let's 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 leave the head out of it and the and the lads go okay yeah fair enough we'll we'll, we'll leave it out there be cool picks up the mic and he goes and speaking like kind of slurred speech he goes lads my uh my my partner he's had a knock here so don't don't hit sammy d in the head okay you need to protect his head at all costs. So so they did a, the, the shtick where he thought he was teaming with Sammy D. And then after a few minutes, uh, Cool turns to Angel and he goes, I remember you turning on me, Sammy. And then they had a match. Uh, <laughs> in the middle of the tag match. Nice. They did so many bits and pieces. It was so fucking funny. It was really great. And like the Armstrongs, like I said, they were they were good, but it was like it was the Angel Cruisers show. It really was. Um, they were just phenomenal. So they won. Um, uh, you know, really really entertaining stuff. Uh, I'm kind of getting up the the results here. Uh, but yeah, people were like like just in hysterics and 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 going crazy like they always do. Um, they they thankfully they they did so much comedy they they. Did uh, less mental stuff like falling out of the ring on their heads. There was a little bit okay, less of that, thank good, God. Good, good, good. Um, uh, although uh, um, uh, Angel did do uh, the Shane McMahon coast to coast dive, uh, which was uh, which was cool. So uh, let me see here. I'm just scrolling, 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 scrolling. Okay, there we go. Uh, the Kings of the North beat Rough Stuff. Rough Stuff is uh, one of the former Body Bros. Yeah. Uh, Flexer. Uh, what happened to the Body Bros? Where'd they go? I don't know. I feel like... Uh, I heard one of them was in trouble. Uh, so uh, And then Max did is obviously doing his own thing. 
What was that? They're going to school, apparently. Teenage boys. Oh, well, they were. were, One of them was very young-looking, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. So the the slightly older, more jacked one, he now has a new tag team with some guy I'm not familiar with who kind of looks like Adam Pearce. Um, uh, And Kings of North beat him, and as I kind of alluded to during the, the Scrapper review, fine match. Kings are just kind of, you know, kind of spinning their wheels a little bit, but it was fine. Uh, Corbin did his big Undertaker dive, which in a small venue is fucking unbelievable. It is ridiculous yes. to see him. Uh, he did that Scarf Mania as well. It's no less impressive, you know? Yeah, he is. He's ridiculous. I mean, he really is. Um, yeah, he's super impressive. So that match is fine. Uh, then they did uh, Club Tropicana, including Jose Idol, uh, beat the Mongrels uh, with their job on the line. Uh, there was some ugly stuff in this match. Um, uh, have you seen much of either of these two on the old VOD? I've seen um, Club Tropicana. They're on the Contender show that I watched. Um, yeah, uh, they're they're good. They're they're funny. Uh, Jose Idol obviously is the, the former Tony Idol. Uh, the the mongrels need a lot of work. I think they're okay. they're. Yeah, they're on they're, the show I watched as well. Yeah, with Dempster. Yeah, they, they need a lot of work. And the other lad, Stone. Maybe. Um, Dempster also. I don't. I don't think Cabray cares too much. But if Mike Quackenbush was uh, in charge of the show, Dempster would find himself banished for for years because he said something to the effect of "Get back in the ring, you prick!" at the top of his voice, um, and Ooh. everyone did a watch your language chant. And there was. I didn't realize this because I had always heard, "Oh, this kids are contenders. It's so mm. fun. They love everything." I could not believe how many kids were at this show. There were there were a lot of kids. Who's um, that? I think he is Brad Maddox. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, uh, so like, the, and that's not the only thing. I mean, the the, the 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 action wasn't exactly great in this match, but the story was all right. They did the thing where Jose Idol, uh, he took one move, and then he was of course like stretchered out. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's he's insanely great. He's he's fantastic. He is. So then they the, the match kind of kept going. It was very it was kind of long, and then he came out and made the save. Um, uh, and they the 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 two lads who are the actual wrestlers, uh, Captain Sexy and Aiden. They did a uh, sort of slingshot cutter thing yeah. uh, to win. And their career was on the line here. It was the old uh, losing streak, you have to win or you're out in your arse uh, thing. Which and ironically so was the Bobby George storyline. And he's not been around yeah. since he won. You know what, Barry? They, I don't think he's what? coming back. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely thinking that that video on that whole angle, that, that was definitely done because it, it, I think he's like just taking time off and like not possibly not coming back. Because yeah. uh, so, the storyline was, you know, you, you lose your the Paul Tracy match, obviously you lose, you're fired, and then he won, and then they did a video, and he's that was that was six months ago now his last match. So there's there's a couple of old uh, uh, tropes that I see uh, OTT hit a lot. Uh, win X amount of matches and you get a title shot. Lose X amount of matches, your career's on the line, and uh, uh, three and four ways for no reason. Um, so, so that's, that's the, uh, staples. yeah. So yeah, that match was, uh, the, the, the story was good. The action was, was lacking in that one. Mm. Uh, match number five. Okay. I talked about how hilarious the Angel Cruises are and they are great. Charlie Sterling in this next match had, I think the funniest single performance of anyone in the history of, um, Ooh, of OTT. That's praise. So he, it was Sterling versus Michael May, the, the fantastic, uh, young boy. Uh, mm-hmm. In a British rules match, and of course, in true OTT fashion, I could have sworn they said ahead of time this would have ru- uh, rounds. Uh, it did not have rounds. This was just a match. 
it was a match where, where they said no eye poking, no closed fists, and some other shit like that. And I was like, oh, like so now they did mostly just grapple, and then Sterling did some other stuff to get some heat. But it was basically just a hey, we're going to do a world of sport esque thing. Um, but yeah, there was no there, there was no weird rules to this one really. Sterling, you know the way Sterling like he really hams it up. Like he yeah, uh, he, he used to come out with the beret and the the teacup. He evolved that to the absolutely hideous British bulldog uh, uh, tights. tights. Yeah. Then I think I think he's very deliberately got those ugly tights to to make the gimmick work. He grew his hair out to like an ugly greasy fucking curly mess. He 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 has the big over the top facials that are so so hilarious. And in this tiny intimate venue, he came out with his hideous tights and what looked like a sort of Magnum TA, like a pound shop Magnum TA sparkly jacket. It was fucking ridiculous looking. Carrying the OTT tag titles, kind of like a Harley race or someone from the seventies, just like in one hand by his sure. chest. <laughs> yeah, just. And so they were doing the British rules, and so he was doing that kind of uh, uh, like squatting and moving his hands out like an old-timey grappler. He was gurning like William Regal on speed. I was like, just at nothing, just at him selling a, a, a wrist lock. I, I had tears in my eyes at this match. Every time he grabbed Michael Mays, hand and twisted it an inch he was doing the chris jericho ask him ref at the top of his lungs every two seconds <laughs> i was falling out of my goddamn chair at this performance and michael may was hanging right there with him so they're doing a spot where you know um uh sterling has may's head caught between his thighs you know and, and like they're mm. grappling so like may's trying to get his way out and may does the thing where he like he, he see austin aries do a lot he stands on his on his head and he is with his legs pointing straight up into the air. And he kind of he kind of contorts himself in such a way that basically his feet are in Sterling's face. And he starts doing like a bicycle motion, like he's cycling a bike. And Sterling starts selling it like he's like having his chin tickled or something like that. And I, I was unable to contain myself at this man's performance. And Michael May is great. He's one of the standouts of the contenders. But this was the Charlie Sterling show. Um, and he was just unbelievable. The weird thing also was this match went like 20 minutes. This was a really long match, and they did they did really basic stuff, and they just made it all work. Well, Charlie Sterling uh, was in I, the, the very first OTT match I ever saw, so I definitely have a like a fondness for him. Back he's, in, uh, he's fantastic, and it's funny because he's progressed to this stage. Like I mentioned how he went from the beret to what he does now, but even the beret was progression because he used to just come out and be just a guy in tights who was an evil Englishman. Yeah. And then Joe, he came out in an England Jersey and then he debuted the beret and then he debuted the beret and the cop. And, you know, like he's, he is like descending down a wormhole of insanity. And like, I feel he's just going to, I feel like the peak of this is he's going to come out in a dynamite kid wheelchair with a sky remote. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so the finish. Michael May actually won this when Sterling hit him with a low blow. Oh well, we love Sterling uh, on the show for sure. So uh, check that match out on VOD. That was great. Oh, I will. Uh, then we had uh, Jordan Devlin and Sean Guinness versus Keith Lee and Shane Strickland. This was another match where I was like, these lads might get the pop of the mice without taking a bump. They did about five minutes of banter at the beginning of this match that was hilarious. It was like, and Devlin, 
had the biggest fucking grin on his face for the first five minutes of this match. They were having so much fun. Again, teeny venue, 300 fans. It's intimate as fuck. It's, I, I think this is Keith Lee's last uh, European date on his current uh, tour. Um, so this was like, this is the one. You know what I mean? This is, this is the one. Um, and so they, they, they had their, uh, their banter session and then the match kicked into overdrive and it was just absolutely bananas. Again, I'm not going to list all the spots. I'm not going to list all the jokes. Uh, it was an incredible, the match, uh, near the finish, uh, Keith Lee got Devlin up for a power bomb and Strickland gave him a double stop off the top rope into the power bomb. He nearly broke a light fixture doing this because the roof is very low. Uh, it was absolutely crazy. Uh, uh, the hangovers won with a sort of, uh, roll-up jackknife combo so the two of them pinned Keith Lee. Um, and then after the match, there was a, a fantastic promo from Keith Lee. A really humble promo where he, he didn't talk about how he... Basically, he didn't talk about himself at all. He said Shane Strickland was, was a phenomenal talent, and then he talked about how great OTT was, and, and he left, and everyone chanted for him. It was, it was fantastic. Uh, let me see here. We got Bill Ospreay uh, and uh, Curtis Murray defeating more than hype uh this was another match where you watched it and you went uh will osprey is one of the best wrestlers in the world and also completely selfless he simultaneously made more than hype look like a million bucks yet also you watched the match and went that guy osprey is a level above well i mean it's obvious because they're they're trainees but he is a star and he is a complete pro wrestler you know what i mean um they, they told a fantastic story. Weirdly enough, even though uh, Osprey and Curtis Murray have the, um, the, the history with the match, um, this very much felt like a uh, more-than-hype showcase match. The, the big spot, I think, was uh, Darren Kearney had Curtis Murray in a crab, single-leg crab. Osprey put Nathan Martin in an octopus, and basically they, kind of, they were face-to-face, and they exchanged slaps from their submissions. And Osprey said, well, fuck this. And he just threw Nathan Martin out of the ring. And Carney was just looking at him. And they must have done uh, like two minutes of spots where Osprey was kicking and chopping the shit out of Darren Carney. Like he really has become a hell of a striker. Like he was beating the absolute bejesus out of this kid. And Carney would just r- pull back on the leg every time Osprey hit him. And, and he fired up. And it was, it was phenomenal. Um, so uh, Osprey eventually won. With the, uh, um, oh, sorry, Curtis pinned Darren rather uh, after a, a sort of a, a cutter move. So that was great. And uh, then you had Terry Thatcher versus Scotty Davis. Uh, this match, I was pretty divisive. Um, a lot of people liked it. Some people seemed like they didn't like it. And a lot of people thought it was like the match of the weekend. Um, this was long, it was about 20 odd minutes. Uh, for the first half of it, I thought they were going to die on their arse because the crowd were knackered. Right. They had just seen with the Keith Lee match that that was one of the best matches probably in recent OTT history. They had the Keith Lee promo, and they had the uh, you know, the Osprey performance, and the Thatcher Davis match started with like Scotty just out grappling him, like mm-hmm. doing like mat work, and I was like, and the crowd were it, it was like one of the quietest. Uh, uh, moments I've heard from an, an OTT crowd in a while, and I was like, "Oh no, they've they may have paced this one the wrong way around." Uh, but they told a fantastic story. It basically graduated from grappling to getting uh, uh, progressively more aggressive, and they did some spots on the floor. Thatcher did a spear 
to Davis into the steps that was nasty, not the steps, the, uh, the seats at ringside, that was nasty as fuck. It looked like there was basically no give. They just hit the chairs hard. So it, it really turned into this personal thing where the story was kind of that Thatcher was a meaner, tougher fighter than Scotty, but Scotty was this, uh, you know, obviously a, a more seasoned grappler. Uh, so they, they really got the crowd into it from what I thought was like a concerning lack of heat early on. They got the crowd into it like like I couldn't believe towards the end. Um, uh, Scotty was all kinds of fucked up. He had a, um, uh, a cut on his ear, and I think he had a cut above his eye because um, they were they were laying into each other. I also, I, I think Nathan Martin, I heard, I think he lost a tooth in the Osprey match. <laughs> um, I can't believe I almost forgot that. But uh, uh, they, so, so Thatcher and, and Scotty were, were fucking each other up pretty bad out there. Um, uh, uh, and the crowd were way into it. And uh, it, they treated it like a main event of a big show. They kicked out of, of, of their finishers. Davis, uh, uh, you know, got a couple of near falls. He kicked out of uh, Thatcher's neckbreaker. And the finish saw Thatcher hit three neckbreakers to win. And the, and the pop for Thatcher was huge. Uh, and they reacted to him like he was this... Like he is, like this veteran who'd been around forever, who'd never really gotten his due. The people, people seem genuinely emotional and happy for him. Um, and, and when it was all said and done, I thought it was a really great match. But I, I can see how some people live who were very tired after the weekend maybe didn't get into it as much. Uh, and I'll be curious what you and some other folks say about it on VOD. I'm curious to see how it comes off. Um, because it was a long match and it started very slow, but uh, it, was, it was pretty great when it was done. Right. Uh, and that was contenders. Um, uh, I have it's in my blood now. I'm going to try and go again. Obviously, it's awkward without taking the Monday off work, but uh, they have a they have a fantastic setup there. And I mean, Paul, you're like me. You know, you love the Tivoli. You prefer the intimacy of that venue. I think you'll be all about the uh, the the ringside club. All right. Okay. And you like Dujans, right? They're they're not bad. I like I like chips so, for sure. <laughs> well, I have good news for you, sir. Woo woo. Uh, so yeah, that was uh, that was your OTT uh, wrap up. I think we'll, we'll call it there. Obviously, this has gone a bit long. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we will be back next week with a with a full edition of CSP, uh, and uh, you can uh, follow us along for OTT news as we as we go along. Uh, talk to you again, folks. Peace out. Bye.